Welcome to the Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast, brought to you by Blue Fletch. We discuss technology topics related to Android and workforce devices and how they intersect with business and mobility. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Blue Fletch Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast. Today we are talking about GDPR. Before I get into it, I'm going to put a legal disclaimer out there. I'm not a lawyer. I don't think Patrick McGlynn is either. So we're just two guys talking about GDPR. And uh, if, if you do need legal advice, I would definitely recommend talking to a, a certified lawyer in your country or region who is specializing in particular uh, that particular domain. So Patrick, thank you for joining me again today. Um, I guess to, to get us started, I guess maybe you can give some context. You know, GDPR, what is it? What, why, you know, what is the background on it? So GDPR was a set of regulations passed by the EU back in 2018. And the I guess the root purpose of it would be it's meant to limit what data can be collected around an individual and their usage or browsing of a site or an application, and it's really at the root meant to protect the privacy of individuals. And this is specific to Europe only, or is it only if I have software in Europe or computers in Europe? What is the actual applicability of it? That's correct. If you're operating in the EU, you're going to need to comply with these regulations. And there are additional regulations in each country if they choose to accept. I know Germany's got a few additional tack-on regulations on top of GDPR, but at the base, yes, you're going to need to be compliant if you're operating in the EU. And when when do companies have to be compliant? Is that a a thing that's in in effect, full effect now, or is there a term of limitation on it? Uh, Full effect, I don't know what the original grace period was, but yeah, I think it was two years maybe. So yes, you need to be compliant with GDPR today. And as, as a company, from a standpoint of who it applies to, so data protection around a entity, I guess, or what do they call it, a data subject. What is a data subject? What does that actually mean for, for me as a business? A data subject is going to be any end user that you're going to look to track for usage, save cookies around their access, save their email address for sending mailers, that type of thing. Those are going to be your subjects. And then there's also, you're going to require be required to have a data officer that's going to be responsible for being compliant with GDPR and making sure that you're not doing things you're not allowed to do. Um, so those are kind of the two, either end of the um, the relationship. And as a as an individual, what what if my information is protected? Is like my, my social security, I guess not social security, but my uh, passport number, my birthday. Like what 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 falls under the context of private data that's that's protected and I have rights around? Really, anything that's personally identifiable. So your name, date of birth, email address, photos is a big one. Any of your photos you've uploaded to platforms or photos of yourself. Uh, religious beliefs and location data is another big one that I think a lot of people don't um, restrict. They kind of just give up willingly with a lot of applications. In the the terms of service, when I go to a website and it says, "Hey Brett, here's your, your, your cookies. Do you want to accept them all?" My default is always click yes uh, because every single website asks me now. Like it, within the context of that, what am I giving up when I click yes to that and not not you know, not reading all the terms and conditions? Well, the GDPR states that those terms and conditions actually have to state what data points they're going to collect from you. So 
each company is going to be different, but if you go and review those terms of services, they are required to explicitly say what data points and information that they are planning on collecting and that therefore you're consenting to by accepting those cookie banners that you see on really every website right now. <laughs> the, uh, I guess from a standpoint of data and my data and what people can do with it or, or what GDPR allows people to do? What are the things that fall under the context of that? So what are the, the I guess they call them the, the principles for data processing. What is that? Can you lay that out for me? Sure. Yeah. So first you've got to accurately and lawfully collect uh, data. So you must have those privacy notices and cookie banners on your site uh, and actually force a user to consent to the collection of that data. Um, you've also got to collect that data for explicit and legitimate purposes, not just because it's convenient to have a, a huge database of user information. Um, you've also got to make sure it's relevant and limited to just what is necessary. It needs to be accurate and kept up to date, which can be tough, but there's time windows on, on all that stuff. And it only needs to be, it can only be kept as long as needed. So one of the big principles there is that you must make it easy to withdraw consent. Pretty much the same ease as it is to accept consent. Uh, you need to be able to withdraw that as well. And lastly, it, it must be processed in an appropriate manner to maintain security, which is broad. But basically, you know, there's a lot of other IT principles behind that and encryption and storage of data to make sure it is secure for those uh, for storage. I'm assuming that's the catch-all for when people do a bad job of actually having good infosec process. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yep. Got it. And then I guess the, you know, diving into the legitimate reasons, like what is, what are the, I guess from a standpoint of GDPR, the reasons why you're allowed to store data. So the back to that, that, that couple, that I said third point you mentioned, mm -hmm. which is like the necessary, can you articulate that some more? Like why as a company, can I store information about a user? What are some of the things that GDPR lays out? Yeah. If, if you consent to it, um, you know, you can collect data, but there's other things as well, such as if there is a public interest to it. So, you know, government organizations needing to understand where a user might be or what their information is for security, general public security reasons. If there are vital interests for health records, uh, I know some of the, the COVID-19 data was kind of highly contested with this GDPR stuff, but there was a vital interest there. Uh, if you've got a legal obligation to have some way to contact a user, um, but there's also legitimate interests such as, um, you know, on a within an organization, if you need to understand what your end users are accessing and what websites they're going to, to make sure they're not, you know, breaking any of your company policies, there are legitimate interests there to, you know, make sure you're preventing users from browsing um, really inappropriate websites, for example. Um, there's, there's, you know, a legal obligation that you also have to uh, ensure the a safety of of your your company and your users. So making sure there are reasons to collect that uh, to store that data. Got it. So, so to bring us back around, we're, you know, I think we we started out talking about how we were going to talk about GDPR within the context of the enterprise or, or shared computers or shared mobile systems in the enterprise. 
from a standpoint of these regulations, they sound like they're very consumer focused. Mm. It is the same thing for an employee or how do, how do these apply to employees? So if I'm an employee for a European company or a company that falls under the, uh, the auspices of, of GDPR, like how do these apply to me? Is it the exact same rules? Yeah, it is. So um, we had a, a customer in Germany that was using our software, or is using our software, and they didn't want to ask consent every time a user logged in to collect information about that user. You know, we're protecting that end user to make sure that they, they have some of the same principles applied to them. So we've actually, you know, made adjustments to our products so that they can either prompt for consent from that end user or just turn off any saving of personal information. And therefore, you don't really need to worry about consent. You can just capture some peripheral data such as, you know, device data instead of user data. Got it. So pro tip number one from Patrick is in, in those countries that are applicable by you have configurations that allow you to disable that personally identifiable information? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think you've got to weigh what data you are actually looking to collect with users' rights and freedoms um, as protected by GDPR and see really what is legitimate there and what is needed and necessary to be collected and then what is maybe impeding on a, a subject's rights. So it is a little bit of a balancing act. And I think that's you know where that role of a data officer comes into play. That's where legal comes into play. There's a, really a lot of just considerations that need to happen. And I think as a result, there's probably been a lot of new job postings since 2018 for data officers, for data protectors, um, those type of roles in organizations. And I guess just outside of the context, to so bring it back, so I'm a company mm-hmm. and so let's say I don't have customers in Europe, but I have employees there. I'm still, I still fall under the, um, the rules of GDPR, even, yeah. even if I have employee agreements with all my employees there, they, you know, on an employee agreement, I believe that you accept certain terms, but even with that, you still have to adhere to the other things around if an employee leaves or if somebody wants their data erased, they still have to support that, right? That's correct. Yep. It, you're going to have to give those users that, that ability to wipe their data. You're going to have to ensure that you're collecting only relevant data and they might consent in some type of contract they sign. But uh, I think all those contracts would have to be probably renewed since 2018 or additional consent would need to be provided. And that's kind of why we as users, even here in the States, got a ton of emails back in 2018 to go and actually provide consent to all these websites that, you know, you might have not heard from in years, but you had accounts at some point and they're basically asking, can we still be friends? Can we still collect this information on you? So it, yeah, it, it does. It, this is a, a law that was created in the EU and applies to residents of the EU. However, a lot of companies such as, you know, Google, uh, Apple have taken those principles and actually apply those globally as a, a way to protect all users. So um, something that we've actually seen um, here in the States a lot of as well, maybe not so much in the last couple of years because that that kind of wave of GDPR compliance has kind of come and gone, um, but still a lot of principles that organizations are now actually adopting um, globally. Yeah, I think I think in California, they have California Consumer Protection Act, CCPA, which is, I think, is modeled similar to GDPR. Is that a 
um, specifically around a consumer has rights to their data. And I think they used a lot of the same principles that GDPR used or laid out. And I I think that was similar time when that came out, or maybe it was 2020. It was, but yeah, within a year or two, California Consumer Privacy Act um, was released kind of in a response. So getting back to users in the enterprise, like I'm a an employee somewhere. I have, I have these, I'm in Europe and I have rights to the the data. Like what's the the balance of, you know, I leave a company, like what can I ask for? What, what needs to happen um, when I'm gone? Right. So there, there needs to be a, some type of purging process, an erasure of data. So you also have the ability to access your own data. So um, a user needs to be able to request their data if they want it. They can request to wipe all their data when they leave a company. Yeah, just really make sure that data is portable um, and secure for uh, an individual. Yeah, definitely. It's a, you know, having that from gone is always, always important. Having it gone when I'm gone is important for me. I know like the example I think of that comes to mind is the, uh, the, uh, U.S. government, when they had a, a breach, I think everybody who had security clearance was in that data set of millions of people. I know my my data got breached even though I hadn't been on a government contract in about three years. So it's, it's definitely frustrating when you leave somewhere and your data is uh, is still not yeah you know, still accessible or within that. Um, I guess you know pivoting a bit more about our specific experience, the things that our teams have, have done from a software standpoint. What are the you know, with mobile devices? What are the biggest risk areas you see in regards to GDPR? The things that, that concern you when you think about it, not, not necessarily risk, but the things that people need to be cognizant of? Yeah, so we like to report on what users are using which applications. And the reason for that is a lot of times store ops or IT operations want to understand usage patterns to understand which applications are most frequently used, which are underutilized. Uh, understanding if people are completing the the task that they're assigned to complete by seeing what apps they're using in a way. So um, that does not comply with GDPR. And so for customers in the EU, we've actually made changes to have flags to disable capturing user information related to that. Um, <clears throat> also, if you're you know using our software to send messages throughout the day to communicate, that data needs to be wiped out. Um, and so our principle there is it should only be uh, you know, valid and alive during a user session. So when that user logs out or when they're done with their session for the day, clear that data, clear their cache, clear all their cookies, make sure that is actually wiped and erased properly so that there's no uh, you know, risk of that leaking to a different user or being accessed by someone else. In in general, those are just good data principles to have. So we we containerize everything within our software, and it's at the end of a shift or at the end of a usage, it's it's gone. But yep. yeah, I think from a standpoint of GDPR, you know, if you're not using the BlueFlush Launcher or our, our tools, yeah, make sure that you have processes to clear that data out when users are done using devices. Yep. And then I think one of the other things on the you know, data breaches and data, mm-hmm. um, you know, when companies have this happen, you know, back to that earlier point I had, like. What do you have to do under GDPR? What does it actually look like for a data breach? Do, can you sit on it for two months like Okta did in, in <laughs> February? Yeah, no. So uh, another regulation is data breaches actually must be reported within 72 hours. And 
I think this is an awesome principle that has been introduced. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Okta back when Equifax got hacked, it took two months for them to actually communicate that to anyone, which when you compare that to 72 hours, seems like there should have been different actions taken by Equifax, obviously. But, you know, one of the other side benefits of GDPR is, hey, if you're not collecting any sensitive or personal identifiable information, you really are lowering your risk profile if you do have a security breach. So, of course, breaches are still going to happen. They happen every day still. But uh, if there's really no sensitive user information to to be pulled down, um, that's really going to just lower your risk profile and, uh, you know, make everyone just kind of feel a lot better about about actually storing that data. So um, that's just kind of a side benefit that I think uh, is really going to help protect companies. When you think of GDPR, a lot of the the protection is actually for those end users. But there are some things like that that are meant to help and improve uh, secu- company's security posture. Got it. All right. So in closing, yeah, three key takeaways. What would you what would you say the, the first first key takeaway is? I think the first is understanding GDPR and understanding why you need to store data and if you need to store data. So the, the next one would be number two would be understanding the data you already have access to. And if that needs to change again, working with your, your, you know, different vendors or your third parties to make sure that the proper security pieces are in place if they aren't already. And then last, I think the key takeaway would be just to build tools that allow you to control what data is being collected and allow you to clear that data for the users. Uh, I know a lot of companies had to make changes to provide access to end users to view what data has been collected and export that data and delete that data. So, you know, you need to make sure those tools are in place to protect those users. Awesome. Thank you for, for sharing with me today. Yep. All right. So if you have a, like, like we said at the beginning, if you have legal questions, definitely consult your lawyer or an expert or your data officer for your company. Uh, Patrick and I are not lawyers. We, mm-hmm. may, we, we don't play one on TV either. Um, and I'd like to say thank you to everybody for, for listening to us today. If you have questions or follow-ups, feel free to reach out to us at info at bluefletch.com. And as always, if you found this useful, like or subscribe. But thanks again. Thank you, Patrick, for joining us today. Thanks, Brett. Thank you for listening to the Enterprise Mobility Roundup podcast. If you enjoyed the discussion, please take a few moments to rate us. If you'd like to listen to future episodes, please subscribe. To learn more about mobility topics or submit any questions, visit us at bluefletch.com.